yeah, getting into that heart space is like allowing something to change or transform your sense of who you are. And I think that, and who the other person is. And like that there's, in a sense, when you let somebody into your heart, you're letting their being transform your being. Like you're not the same after. There is a kind of wanting to fall in loveness in the heart types where there, there's wanting to be in that place where identity is touched all the time. The Big Hormone Enneagram. Hi, I'm John Lukovic, uh, sexual self-pres, over the five wing, four five eight trifix. Hi, I'm David Gray, self-pres, sexual, nine with one, nine seven four trifix. What up, it's Emika, I'm an eight wing seven, sexual self-pres, with eight five four fixes. Hi, I'm Nancy, I am a self-pres social three, wing four, with a Six, nine, if you like our podcast, guys, make sure you go like and subscribe us on the Apple Podcast app. And if you really like us, you should definitely leave us a review. I think mm-hmm. people really like the, <laughs> the the thing we did with the gut stuff. So, um, yeah, people yeah. have responded really well from uh, like people I've talked to. Yeah, it's pretty interesting stuff. So if we could do that for the Heart Center. Yeah, where do you guys want to start? I, I guess I could start here. The thing that I realized, I think one thing that hit me, something that people don't know about type threes, is that type threes are fucking emotional. Yeah. I, I just <laughs> yes. like, yeah. like, yeah. Like, you know, the impression that I got from the literature and the stereotypes is that type threes are pretty cold. And that, that has not been my experience at all. Mm-hmm. So I was, uh, I was trying to understand, because I've dated, I mean, one, one way that I, I learned the Enneagram is through dating the types it's just to you know getting really close with someone and and sort of figuring out like how they respond to relational dynamics and things like that so i've i've tended to date or end up with nine sevens and threes and i had long-term relationships with all those types but i find that the types that really got under my skin emotionally were the threes which didn't really make sense to me and i started to i think my experience with, you know, you fours um, has helped me understand that what heart types are doing is fabricating an emotional landscape. And I don't know. Say more about what that means. Yeah. So I recognized that like when something happens, like an emergency happens, I call one of you guys or one of my friends. And if I'm talking about it, I'm going to go through like, this is what happened. I'm coming from the moving center. I'm going to explain like sort of the uh, events and what needs to happen next. And I recognize that. Yeah. Experientially. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put you, I'm going to put you in the experience of what's yeah. happening versus yeah. a hard type. They're going to talk about what things are happening, but it's, it's coming from creating an emotional. Mm-hmm. I recognize that I could get swept up in how I felt about the sequence of events that that they were sweeping me up in a sequence into an emotional landscape and that I was getting, because I don't feel like I get in touch with my feelings as an eight, but I feel like hard types can put me there more so Mm. than any other like head types or body types. I just realized like I've only, I think I've only really felt like deep 
um, a sense of falling in love with someone with type threes, which doesn't make sense to me, um, which is not a matter of like the amount of chemistry I felt with them, but like the sense of really getting emotionally swept up in someone. And I recognize now that is because that type structure is creating an emotional landscape, even though it feels, it can sometimes feel like as an assertive type, like a threes are maybe fabricating certain emotions to match what, I don't know, uh, they want the response that they might want from me, but it's still an emotional landscape. I'm getting put into a certain emotional state based on, um, because there are hard types. And so that's been like a very interesting new insight for me, because I mean, I think people obviously expect twos to be emotional and maybe mm -hmm. fours to be emotional in a different way, but people don't think about threes as emotional types. So I, I want to talk about that more in terms of how hard types are, are channeling emotions or what, what kind of archetypal energy is coming from that space and what that can do for other people. I think that's a great point. Like, you know, when I'm more online, <laughs> let's say, uh, I get really pissed off. I mean, even in workshops and stuff, the way that threes get characterized as emotionless or cold or whatever, it's like I find threes very, very heartfelt. And like, yeah, I think, Emika, you put it really well, like putting you into an emotional landscape. But it's sometimes it's like not as direct as like, I don't know, let's say two or something like that. Like, yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, it's really there. What about um, Josh? It was mentioned a couple of times that, um, that like he easily cries. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think we can keep Josh's name in here. Like, sure. Uh, Josh boy, we love you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little soft boy three. Little soft boy three. And For we me, love yeah. our soft boy three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I want to hear from Nancy about like this emotionality. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure if there was more of that or not. Um, okay, that, that was the reason you mistyped as a four, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I had too many emotions. Um, so it's hard to say more because it's like the only way I know how to exist is in an emotional landscape, not a physical landscape. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of eluding me a little bit because it's the only thing I really know, but. I've had experiences where like I'm talking to my therapist and stuff like that. And she's asked, she will have to ask me, well, what actually happened? Not how do you feel? What actually mm. happened? Um, so, I mean, that's an example of it. Well, for example, like, let's say I, I want to sort of get the experience right now of how you might frame a situation. So let's say you had a terrible weekend. You fell out with a friend of yours and uh, let's say if something like that happened to me, I'd call you up and be like, hey, uh, you know, I had a huge fight with OD and I said this, he said that, and he called me this and I was really offended. So I called him that. And, you know, now we're not talking anymore. And so how would you frame a similar sequence of events? Like, how would you explain something like that to me? Like uh, if I experienced it? Yeah, if you had a weekend like that. Well, I think a lot of, yeah, so I think uh, a lot of it would, would include me framing things like, well, you know, th this has been building up for a while and this made me so like, I, you know, sometimes 
so I'm thinking back to an experience I had a long time ago with a friend. It's like, you know, this made me feel a certain way. So then I reacted badly, but it was, it was okay that I reacted badly because she made me feel this way. So that that's why okay. I said this. So there's a lot of framing and justifying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that's a bit of sickness coming in where I'm like, no, 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 please be on my side. <laughs> yeah. That that's part of it. Um, but I think part of the experience for me of getting put into an emotional landscape is because you're describing how you feel as an experiential type. I'm, I'm feeling those feelings with you mm-hmm. and I'm getting, I'm getting to uh, like, you're taking me through the range of feelings that you've had as you're describing what's going on. And that's, I think that's part of why I, I feel like hard types can get me swept up get swept into, up, yeah. you know, how they, you know, their emotional landscape and which is not really how I, navigate or think about things what you're just doing there is sort of giving emotional context yes mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. and that's kind of a like a goal so, so sometimes if i'm really fired up if i'm explaining something to someone if i don't feel like they're getting swept up in the emotional landscape with me i get really upset hmm. i'm like you need to feel this with me because like i need someone else uh. here with me and you're not fucking feeling this uh, mm-hmm. So this is the mir- this is the mirroring part that I, I started yeah. to get clued in on, because mm-hmm. um, as a I, I had a recent experience in the past year with the sexual three, so it really I really was able to get it as a sexual type because you know as a sexual type as a sexual body type there's a sense of a uh, I have to kind of pull people into an experience of what I'm like and mm-hmm. sort of like shake people up in terms of their you know their boundaries psychological or physical but with a sexual heart type it felt like um she was laying out an emotional sort of table setting like this is how i feel about you take a look at it you know how do you feel about it mm-hmm. and can you do you can you reciprocate um this emotional landscape that i've set out for you it it's um it's really interesting like it, it it was purely emo- like a chemistry based on mirroring her emotion where what she felt about me and mm-hmm. you know there's a way that an example of this um she's never gonna listen to this podcast so she's not gonna <laughs> but she said something like um that when we kiss that she feels transported and i said transported where <laughs> body type but yeah, it was kind of like it. <laughs> it was like the most romantic thing she could have said and you're just like huh where are we going what? where are we going i want to feel it in my body yeah. <laughs> she's like i love you so much and you're like oh that's nice <laughs> so there's Thanks, like this man. way it became this big joke because of how different we were of how she would you know say something that was purely like emotional fluff but it, you know kind of like like sort of like just uh illustrating her feelings you know with mm-hmm. words and i would make it like this literal thing and she would say you know you're so honest Whereas, because that was just like my genuine response, but it was kind of also kind of funny, but it, it that's showing how fucking, you know, heart versus body where it's not even, it doesn't matter like what she was really saying it was about how she felt. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it just really, it's so different. I, I don't, I, I think I'm heart last. I mean, I am heart last. I'm an eight. Uh, and so it's just, it's such a complete opposite way of framing and you know navigating through life and so it really has a strong effect on me because it's like my blind spot 
Yeah, I mean, that's like how I exist. I think I think uh, when Brian and I first started dating, that was something that was really frustrating for me. Like, <laughs> I would be venting to him, and he he would tell me, he's like, I can't handle how many times you repeat things. And I'm like, but I feel like you're not understanding this. And he's like, I'm uh, understanding it. I'm just not reacting to it. And I'm uh, like, but that's not okay. <laughs> so it's yeah. just like how I constantly exist. I just like have this emotional landscape. And if you're not in it with me, I'm just like, where are you? Are you even here? Huh? Do you even exist in this world? <laughs> One of the things I, I find with threes is, um, that they can sometimes paint the emotional landscape very overtly, you know, like, yes. <laughs> and they're feeling safe. They're really heartfelt. And I think that's what we were speaking to earlier of our friend, Josh crying, you know, it's like, which is beautiful. It's like, you know, like it's, it's, you really feel the genuineness and the authenticity and the heart being touched in the moment. But I also think that people can really struggle with threes because, you know, it's like, I, I do think that there's some level of that operating at all times. But on the other hand, uh, like I'm trying to trying to get my hands on it, but it's you know it's different from like an eight, where an eight is like trying to get from point A to point B, the experiential thing. But there is that kind of doer mode of yes. three mm-hmm. that can be hard to grapple with uh, emotionally. That can I sometimes feel like they're trying to. Um, I'm trying to think of how to put it, but it's like, like make it happen. It's like it's it feels like to me that i mean experiencing all the hard types is that um i mean all the hard types are fabricating their emotional landscape so there's an aspect of the realness of what they're experiencing versus trying to make it happen and sometimes with three i can feel like it's like are you actually feeling this or are you making this emotional landscape happen and i think part of what um threes that i've had experience with i think the attraction there can be that they view gut types as like, if a gut type actually feels something, it's not like gut types aren't fabricating emotional landscapes. And so there's a sense that if a gut type feels something, then it's just like what they're actually experiencing. Mm-hmm. Whereas um, right. hard types can just sort of like, you know, creating, it's almost like, I don't know if it's real unless it's mirrored back to me, mm-hmm. like whatever the emotional landscape is. Even, you know, even for four, it's like, this is how I feel and this is how I view myself. I'm going to need some, someone somewhere to at least mirror some aspect of this back to me. Otherwise, it's like not real. Yeah, but- that's that's actually a really good point, because if if someone doesn't mirror me back, I feel like I'm being ridiculous. Like this emotion isn't allowed or isn't real or something. That's probably like an attachment type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because as a frustration type, it's like I I have a very strong sense of what's real uh, as a four, but um, I don't expect other people to get it or mirror it or whatever. Like I just sort of assume separation. I assume <laughs> it's not going to be mirrored. But what I what I think um, maybe useful for ourselves and for anybody listening is to think about the heart itself because like the body in a sense sort of straight up where you're talking about boundaries and life force and like yeah it's something everybody is very in a sense clear on or can be made clear on and uh the thing that i've come to understand about the heart center is that it's sort of like and i've talked about this in in other ways uh before and other pods or whatever but um that the heart is like 
the heart doesn't belong to the personality, right? Like we don't get a choice in how we feel and respond to things or what moves us, right? So it's like if you are fucking walking down the street and you see like a like a kitten that's like hungry and starving, uh, if your heart is open, you may become a cat mom or dad. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah. Like you're just touched by something and it changes you. And that's the thing of the heart is it's about identity and it's about who we are and how we know ourselves, but we can be more or less in touch with that. And so, you know, when you're speaking to like a heartfelt three, it's like they're very in touch with their immediate sense of self in that moment. And when, when you're getting a three that's like trying to sell you something basically or sell you their image, it's like they're not at all in touch with that heart realness. They're in touch with an image over the heart. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that's the struggle of all people, but especially heart types is this sense where the individual is more like a custodian of their own heart. Like the heart and the personality are almost on different terms. And so you can do something that feels in sync or out of sync with your heart. And so I always like, it's stupid, but I always compare uh, the heart to a cat. And I think I'm talking mm-hmm. about this on this podcast, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, go up to the fucking cat. It's so like, accurate. <laughs> yeah, it's, there's something to it. It's like, if you go up to the cat and you're like, come here, cat, you know, like the cat's going to run away. Same thing with your heart. But if you're like sort of indirect and subtle and you give it space, then the cat sits in your lap, you know? And it's like that with our hearts, our identity. It's like there's a part of the personality that is not, it's not present enough to be always in contact with the personality, with the heart. Uh, It needs to kind of catch up and to sync. And so part of like inner work is just being present enough to be somewhat indirect contact with the heart itself, right? Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, it reveals itself on its own terms and sometimes stubbornly. And that's why like relationships, that's why a uh, sense of self purpose, all these things could be so fucking complex and so fucking tumultuous because it's like, there's this disparity. And so, uh, you know, at least like coming back to being a four, four is a type that is most like, I'm going to stick with what my heart wants no matter what. And I'm going to make as much space for my heart no- as, as I can, no matter what but I'm going to uh, forego or turn my back on everything else. Like I'm going to turn my back on functioning. I'm going to turn my back on dealing with shit I don't want to deal with. I'm going to turn my back on the ugliness. You know what I'm saying? It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. it's like where the three sometimes goes, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to surrender heartfeltness or mm-hmm. identity to function. The four goes the opposite way. It's like, no, it's all my heart. But even in so doing, it's like still grasping for the heart. So like, again, in the cat metaphor, it's like, it's like trying to, trying to capture the cat and the cat just starts scratching and biting and being like, no, I hate this and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> but it's a, it's a, it's a similar principle underneath it. Yeah. Does that makes sense. Mm-hmm. David, what's been your experience as a gut type with uh hard types that you've dated or been with or whatever? <laughs> 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 you, I mean, I'm just I'm saying do, do you experience the similar shit that I'm talking about here like that they can kind of get you caught up in some feelings more so than any other types um yeah I guess I've noticed it um more overtly like with twos where there's definitely it's kind of like the the uh maybe the cat metaphor and maybe it's I can't tell if it's the same way or not until I think it through here but um uh it's kind of like it's more overtly sort of forcing a heart landscape right yeah Uh, Mm -hmm. 
um, like pumping, pumping, pumping the emotional uh, field between you and the two and they're looking is it you know is it gonna you know they're looking to get the thing mirrored back to them and looking for responses and as you guys know i'm famously uh not very <laughs> reactive and responsive and uh, <laughs> so really? i've so i've <laughs> surprised <laughs> yeah so i've frustrated a lot of twos um mm -hmm. you know with that because they they're not finding sort of the emotional um string or this yeah i don't want to totally stereotype but just they're, they're not seeing me needing something in any clear mm -hmm. way mm -hmm. right or um i'm i i appear self-contained i mean uh and impartial you know, and impartial and and i'm I'm significantly dissociated from myself, probably a lot on an emotional <laughs> level, right? So I don't even exist. No. Yeah, exactly. So I'm so well. Like, there's even a guy just recently who contacted me through the any uh, the Facebook group who's a two, and he's watched my YouTube series, and he's just remarking on how there's nothing personal. He has no idea how I'm even connecting to this material that I'm talking about and all of this archetypal shit and these symbols and metaphors and stuff. Mm. It's like, I can't see, he's saying this to me, I can't see how this even relates to you or why you're even interested in this stuff. And, mm. and he's just, he's confessing to me, so to speak, because he knows the Enneagram fairly well, you know, that because he can't see where my emotional hook is into that kind of archetypal mythological space it's hard for him to almost take in the information more fully as he'd like that's to be so weird <laughs> yeah that's just yeah bizarre well me. because you need to create a story to be able to take it in i think someone had said yeah. something to us at uh, when we were in new york i don't remember who but that uh, a suggestion of something we do for the podcast that we should talk more about how things affect us. And I, I think they were, they were meaning like emotionally affect us. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm sitting there thinking like, why? <laughs> yeah. People want to I mean, know. This, yeah. This is kind of like how I think the example that they gave was someone had enveloped a whole crowd into their emotional landscape in, in a way that they were talking about their own personal experience and how it affected them and how they felt about it. And it's just like a completely different world. I, I like yeah. That, that, does, people, that doesn't even occur to me. Yeah. That, oh, I, it's, it seems alien to me that people need that or really respond to that. I mean, I know that people respond to emotions, but the idea of bringing others into my own emotional experience seems like I didn't know that people reacted so strongly to that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's, that's basically what I've recognized that the, you know, heart types are doing to me. So you know, I consider myself pretty heady for a four mm -hmm. um so like do y'all see me doing this kind of shit too yeah 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 i think i think the thing about um you as a four that people can definitely pick up online even is that you can express disgust in a way <laughs> makes people feel shitty like you know i think there's a yeah, way that's, that, yeah okay a, a disgust, <laughs> a disgust landscape 
it's not all, it's not positive it's not always positive yeah. yeah okay i see that yeah that's fine <laughs> like you know like you can create a space of just like everything and not just like everything sucks intellectually like oh this sucks this no, sucks yeah. but just like the feeling of disgust yeah of of um i feel like i definitely feel that from fours and it's just emanating on multiple levels not just verbally of just ill you know just like fuck that and it just that's just disgusting um which is an emotional landscape yeah for sure <laughs> yeah i feel that do you do you also like when i'm discussing ideas and stuff like that see my my heart centeredness uh that's one thing I, I was i wanted to get into um is to dig into that because there's definitely a, a difference in the way we all frame the enneagram i think that was one of the things that got us into this conversation is you know how do, how do we how did all of us learn the enneagram and i think there's a way that you frame things in terms of images that have th these sort of huge significant themes and i don't know if i fully understand it but it's just completely foreign to me that's just coming from a completely opposite mm. yeah you know a way that you start you start from like some kind of um essential thing and <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like, i'm i'm always interested <laughs> in what i think of as like the eternal but it's not like the eternal is like the holy it's like i mean it can be but it's just like there's something transcendent that is poking like from another dimension that is poking into this dimension or something like that. And yeah, no one I, else understands it. It's just yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's different from like, you know, David's sort of archetypal. Um, his is, you know, it's like a universal, this is the foundation of the universe type of thing. Whereas yours is kind of like, um, it's like a romantic heart connection to something essential. I don't know if that makes any sense, but yeah, interesting. Like it's like you're in love with you're in love with um Egypt? like when ideas come for you, like it's you're in love with it. It's almost like you can that want to like be cradled by it, you know? Like it's a very <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's yeah. That's that's what that it feels actually like is <laughs> is is very accurate. I, that's interesting. Interesting, but it, it feels heart. You know, it feels yeah. mm -hmm. like you're falling in love with. Uh, or having a, a heart experience, um, it's it just, yeah, it's, it just comes across very differently. And when people, you know, respond to the way you, you know, talk about the enneagram, like a lot of people end up feeling like uh, you're explaining things or framing things in a very poetic way. And I think mm. that's there's some kind of romanticism in the way. Yeah, it's interesting. Looking at the enneagram. Yeah, that's actually really really interesting to hear. Uh... Because like I do see some of that in myself where I'll talk, I'm like, listen, I don't care about the Enneagram. What I care about is how it transforms, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's almost like a bad romantic uh, yes. comedy or something. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, like love actually part Enneagram or something, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's hilarious. That's interesting. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's very interesting to me just looking at hard types in general that, you know, the way we, we are all approaching the Enneagram, but from the different centers and it, the effect that hard types have on me and how I feel like I can access my emotional, my emotions, because that's where they're taking me. And so it's just, mm -hmm. it's just a really interesting insight. And I'm interested in what, like, what's like the higher, you know, vibration of whatever this is, like, how does, how does, you know, the way we talked about, like, body centered, 
experiences and how that can be like transformative. So I'm really curious about like, what would be a transformative heart experience that could be, that's something you could do intentionally. That's one of the things that came up in the, in the last one. Oh yeah, intention- sign me up. Yeah, how do you intentionally create an experience in the heart space? How do you intentionally well, pet the cat? <laughs> I think it's pretty easy. Uh, like, I mean, oh no, I'm gonna like sort of fall into my own stereotype, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that you I've are for myself. But that's okay. You know, like leading people through Egypt, right? Like when I've had trips where I've led people through Egypt, you know, like symbol is a is a way of connecting thought to emotion right that's a symbol like symbolism symbol is not like a symbol like like there's a difference between a sign and a symbol right like a sign is just like a like a stop sign it just signifies Mm -hmm. one thing whereas a symbol has meaning that is like almost you know repeats into affinity yet it's not arbitrary Mm -hmm. and so like you know you go to egypt and and you can connect to certain mythological images to certain uh you know stories of certain deities uh all kinds of things like my aim when i bring somebody to uh egypt is to to give them a sense of how to feed their hunger for developing their inner life because i see egypt with all its flaws is still being a civilization to dedicated to developing an inner life for its citizens right like and so there's a way that i feel like i using symbol and using metaphor and using image it's like, I don't care so much that you know a lot of stuff about Egypt. I care that it impacts you, that it changes your sense of who you are and changes your sense of what's possible and who you are. And so, I mean, that's just like one clear example, but it's like, I think what it means for me as, as a four, getting into that emotional landscape is like, I don't just care that you see my emotions. I don't give a fuck if you participate in them or mirror them so much. What I care about is that like, at least the heart of like when I'm present and not just doing my personality bullshit, is that you're transformed by something in the way that I feel transformed by something, not mm-hmm. the same, same transformation, but it's like, like I'll talk about the fucking Jed column of Osiris, which is the whole thing and what it means. And, you know, and, and I hope that it like as a symbol comes alive in the person that I've been sharing with in a way that, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't have to be the same way as me, but it's like, I want it to be alive in somebody's heart. Does that make yeah. sense? So yeah, that's where I was getting. Yeah, that's where that was taking me. It's, I mean, it's, it's the phrase getting to the heart of something, right? Mm-hmm. It's, um, you're kind of saying to me, wanting the person to have an experience of the very center, the very heart of whatever, say, a given symbol is, and it to be sort of a heart transfer of energy. Mm-hmm. Know what I mean, it's yeah. it's like um, getting you know. It's another way to do depth. Uh, is that is the idea of getting to the heart of something, right? Is getting to the very center of that glowing, beating, alive heart, and that's part of like the eternal is like a, a symbol that's really truly an archetypal mythological symbol. In some sense, has a beating heart to it. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, and, and it's a heart that's never going to die. And that's why mm-hmm. certain symbols uh, have a certain power is specifically because of that, because mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's a it's a certain kind of perfection and completeness or just distillation of something down to its essence um, that it actually 
is, uh, you know, representing something that is uh, an eternal beating heart. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah, getting into that heart space is like allowing something to change or transform your sense of who you are. And I think that, and who the other person is and like that there's in a sense, like, yeah, I think this is, this is great. Like it's, because it's really getting it at the core of, I think what the heart types are all about. Like the two, you know, through relatedness, it's like transforming you and I through, it's the part of our identity that we know through relationship, right? And, and how we're transformed through relationship. And for three, it's how we're transformed through actualizing our potential, whatever that might be, you know, that there's this inherent sense of possibility in us or something along those lines, like some kind of vision of what is possible or what our potential is that we can be realized. It can be uh, transformed through the experience of being and doing. And then for the four, it's like, it's similar where it's like, it's it's more inside it's like the heart inside the heart but it's like mm-hmm. trying to find like the like i've said this term before but like the kernel or the source of identity itself mm-hmm. and trying to like fully be that and find ways that we can all kind of be in that space of being our our fullest self and and you know speaking to what what david was just saying for listeners are familiar with gurdjieff at all gurdjieff identified there's like the body center there's the hearts or the emotional center is what he called it, the intellectual center. And there's the higher emotional center and the higher intellectual center. And what he said is, um, you know, these are sort of like higher spiritual aspects that are like sort of beyond the usual centers. But he said that the language of the higher emotional center is myth and the language mm. of the higher intellectual center is symbol. Mm. And I don't want to say too much about that, but it is this sense of how we reach beyond our habitual sense of selves. So it's interesting myth because that myth is a story that places you in an emotional landscape. Exactly. Yeah. Right. right. Man, this is really interesting. I've been thinking there was once, I think I'd asked a question in the group about love. Like, how do mm. you, it's an interesting conversation because uh, how do you decipher feelings of infatuation from like legit falling in love with someone and what does that what does that even mean to fall in love and I, and I thought it was an uh, it was a good discussion because it was it's it's a heart-centered discussion and I think I remember your answer John loving someone was somehow making space in your heart for them and I don't think I fully understood it until I maybe been in love like twice in my life or even really felt like I've experienced that and with the last three that I was with that I for the first time in a long time that I felt that I loved someone and that the sense of something opening in your heart and I I think that was probably facilitated more because she is a hard type and um that got me there sooner than um it would have happened otherwise but I'm interested to talk I want you guys to talk about like um love and heart types john when i hear you talk about the things that you're interested in it does feel like this is like an experience of essential love you know like you're getting it's like romantic uh reuniting with the beloved kind of a thing that's what it feels like and um i don't know where i'm going with this but there's something about heart types or heart the heart space and love 
yeah, like the, like when you let somebody into your heart, you're letting their being transform your being. Like you're not the same after. Whereas like you can have intense lust or passion or whatever for somebody, but they're down there there's like still a separateness, you know? Yeah. Like you can have a whole thing with somebody, but you're not transformed by them. But like to actually love somebody is to have your sense of being transformed. You know, it's to have something imp- not just imprinted, but also like you come out the other end different. And it's like, hmm. you know, if they die, part of you dies. That's how it feels, right? It's like, yeah, yeah. It's that kind of thing because it's like they're in your being. It's different than just in your instincts, in your, you know, social body instinct or, or sexual instinct or your body, um, which themselves are powerful experiences, but it's different than love. And, you know, then you could go on to like conscious love and all these other higher levels of love, but just for the like, the sense of being in love or something like that, or loving somebody deeply, like just on that level. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's that, that I think it's a great point. Like how there is a kind of wanting to fall in loveness in the, in the bot, in the, excuse me, in the heart types where there there's wanting to be in that place where identity is touched all the time. Yeah. You agree, Nancy? Yeah, totally. Cause I think, like I spent a lot of time in my life striving for that or trying to find that. And then like, like I've said in the past, like when I got my dog was when I realized what it actually felt like to love something. And now I still look for that. And there's still a lot of me like wanting to fall in love, like with reality or with my purpose or with something like that isn't that it's something unnamed um but having something and someone at home that I already have that emotion with is extremely fulfilling like I don't feel so stressed and thinned out anymore because I know that when I go home I already have that fulfillment it's really interesting to me um that hard types are looking for that sort of uh i don't want to say experience but like falling in love yeah like Mm -hmm. heart transformation transformation. heart transformation with with falling in love with their lives (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's that's pretty fucking different from gut (laughs) yeah (laughs) i i i uh wrote down a couple of notes for this call because um well i thought you know we hyped up the gut so much you know <laughs> yeah. as we should as we should um, uh-huh. and uh-huh. anyway but this is tapping into where we're going anyway is kind of coming to some of the ideas that i wrote down which you know you can do kind of like if you're using my schema of um the sundial right the sun ri- rising at three and going across the sky to six, uh, to, you know, first to nine mm-hmm. at high noon and six. So looking at just the heart space, um, you could do either the idea of a of a seed underground is four. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting, too, because um, because a seed is kind of like a symbol like a seed for a tree is the symbol for the tree in some sense. Right. It's the. It's yeah. the the thing um, all condensed into a 
almost uh, the source, a point, uh, the the point, the the single point. Yeah, that's yeah. going to branch out, right? And um, and so the seed is underground, right? Because we're below that line, the, the the horizon line between three and six, right? And so then, um, and it's transforming, and it and a seed has to break itself right so mm -hmm. that's and that's very four right you know that that thing of there's sort of a that kind of transformation right and then it breaks open into the surface at three right and that's kind of like the sun coming right and now and now the 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 plant or whatever it is has a relationship to the sort of daylight world after having mm -hmm. been in this sort of mm -hmm. inner space right and so that connects into a sort of universal like the dawn of a new day right kind mm -hmm. of thing the, the seed breaking through the ground and that transformation and there's kind of universal you know just um joy and glory right of something being birthed and and coming out into the world right and then two is you know is the the thing now sort of in some sense um expressing bearing fruit bearing fruit yeah it's kind of the flowering is the mm -hmm. two right it's like it's the expression now of that individual plant uh you know the fruit or the flower and and the color that's all, all involved in that right is very two right because two is extremely expressive right so um Anyway, and you can do the same kind of uh, run through four, three, two with like the idea of a caterpillar that's in a cocoon is four, right? And then breaking out of it is three, and then the butterfly is two or something like that. You know, you can mm -hmm. go through that. Anyway, it's got that transform transformative thing, and there's so there is something you know like flowers and butterflies i mean they they're silly on one level depending on how you depict them but it's got that sort of heart touching you know magic to it um and people give flowers as an expression of love and etc cetera, etc cetera. anyway yeah and if you've ever uh been like out in the woods like before dawn like when the moon's gone down but the sun hasn't ri risen um I used to go out there when I'd go hunting, um, <laughs> but, but uh, you know, there's that like deathly quietness of when the moon's gone down, the sun hasn't come up and it's just pitch black out and it feels like you're on a, a, a different planet where mm -hmm. that feels very for and then as this like you know using using the the sundial expression but as the sun comes up it does feel like all of all parts of that feels very magical like when you're sitting out there and you get to like there's nothing and then the world wakes up and there's something and then there's everything it's just it's a really cool experience you should there's listen. a quality at that dawn of like anything could happen mm -hmm. now right i mean possibilities in sort of the positive sense right mm -hmm. but there's also the time before that where there's just like sure everything's dead nothing's moving it's all like no, the nocturnal things are in bed and the morning things are asleep and there's right. like nothing that ties into four and dreams right so to the degree that you could associate four with the night is the whole dream world right which is an inner inner world mm -hmm. yeah I, I resonate uh with that 
time. Like y'all know I stay up till four or five in the morning almost every yeah. night and uh-huh. naturally. And like, that's what it feels like is, yeah, it's like that death. It's like the seed of the possibility. And like, you know, I have, I think y'all have seen on my hand that tattoo of the eye weeping. Mm-hmm. It's based on the sixth hour of the book of the earth of Egypt. And it's like, like the sixth hour is like, you know, the four or five space uh, mm-hmm. on the Enneagram of that like transformational in-betweenness where it's like you lose sight of the beginning and you can't go back, but you don't know the path forward. And it's like that, it's like a stillness or a transition point where there's no reverting back to where you started from. And yeah, that feels like, that's like, I think a lot of the, the four space for me. Mm. That that gap, and that's interesting, Enneagram, you know, looking at the Enneagram symbol, because that's part of what that gap means between mm-hmm. four and five. If you're going in that that direction, right? Uh, four, three, two, nine, one, nine, da, da, da. Uh, yeah, you can't go back to five, right? When you're, and there's that, and it's a, there's sort of a more profound, um, it's more, uh, what am I trying to say? Emphasized by that gap that you can't go back. Right. I mean, the Gurdjieff Enneagram, uh, of process is like, you start at nine and you go around the Enneagram clockwise back to nine. Yeah. And in that process, of of whatever phenomenon you're you're mapping on the enneagram, the point between four and five is the place where the process is most prone to falling apart. Mm-hmm. And so, for like a real transformation to happen, requires a certain kind of chaos or what Gurdjieff and Bennett would call hazard, like a kind <laughs> of unpredictability, where you have to jump off the ledge and not know exactly where you're going to land but you can't go back like you have to really be in an in-between place and that's what the weeping eye represents for me it's like a loss and with a positive with a sort of glimmer of hope uh that the four space feels like you know getting into that part of the heart which kind of reminds me or or calls to mind that aspect of falling in love that someone has taken up space in your heart in to the mm-hmm. point where you've become, you've been transformed to a different person. And, you know, that idea of the phrasing falling in love, I don't know where the fuck that came from, <laughs> but like, what are you falling? <laughs> I guess it's the idea that, that you've falling into that experience is like, you don't know what's on the other side. There's no ground. Yeah. yeah. You don't know who you're going to be on the other side you know, that you've taken in right. someone that degree. So maybe that represents that gap. It's cool kind of hearing y'all as body types kind of get in the heart center this way. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I realize how like, this is a different experience, you know, just yeah. getting swept up emotionally more so than I would otherwise. And like, why, like just sort of, you know, why is that happening? Uh, you know, how am I getting so pulled from an emotional into an emotional space and so it's like, oh, this is just, this is what, you know, hard types are doing all the time. And uh, so it's just a very different, mm-hmm. completely, uh, it feels like, you know, a part of my blind spot is being activated. Sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Especially for eight. That's the center that's least mm. uh, in touch with. So yeah, that, yeah. I mean, that's cool. Like y'all, y'all, y'all talking about like the experience of things and we're talking like, I don't know, identity of things. And there's like a relationship there, but there's a contrast. It's also very clear. Yeah. 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 I've had some experiences with threes, especially, and I don't even know what's happening, um, but it's, (laughs) 
course I never do. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Very um, out of character for you. Yeah. But it, it's the sense of abuse. You guys have, I don't know if we've maybe even talked about it on the podcast, but just that direct heart streaming and yeah. it's, it's particular in threes. Um, I'm, you know, I don't, I'm not sure what it is exactly, but it's, it's somewhat similar to nine in the sense of there's a capacity to channel, you know, sort of to, to be in a neutral point on one level mm. and there, thereby the three in relation to me is like directly seeing my heart. Yeah. And you feel it in your, and I, I feel it in my heart and I don't yeah. know what's mm. happening because I'm, <laughs> I'm, um, uh, this is feeling. Yeah. And it's <laughs> it like, Harper? Oh wow. I have a heart. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know what else to say about it, but it's, but it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Hearts. <laughs> you know, well, I, I'll, I'll say what it feels like for me. Like I felt like, um, Thing that I felt with feel with three sometimes is that I just feel so incredibly seen. Like the amount of like yeah. this person is actually seeing like what I'm about on on a very mm -hmm. deep level. And I don't know why that feels so emotional, but it, it does. You know, one one piece of it is that threes see how you see yourself. Oh mm, damn. Bullseye. Mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's part of it. Uh, yeah, that's just hitting me. Damn. Oh wow. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, and and I think maybe that part of what it affects me so deeply is that they're seeing how I see myself, and she's into it. You know, like she's like, <laughs> yeah. You know, like it was. I, I think I told John I was like I can't. She's really into me. Like she's like this the experience of. I mean, like I've had experiences of girls that were really into me. But there was something about like a direct link to my heart from that yeah. experience, like where it was like a heart to heart. Like she's really into me, like like on a very deep emotional level, and it just blew me away. It just blew me away. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> so maybe the gut not... types are as good as the gut types. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. Just <laughs> well. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's interesting how it's like a whole other domain and so powerful, yeah, completely, and yet, completely. Yeah. yeah, it's just fascinating because it's like for the heart types in everybody's life, it's like that's what they're looking for all the time is a sense of touched and transformation and yeah, and, and being in the space. But I, I also appreciate how much uh, cred we're able to give threes because so many fuckers don't give threes enough credit yeah and i like, appreciate that a lot yeah yeah and if like if you can't give threes the credit they deserve it's because you have a dead fucking heart yeah <laughs> now threes are really emotional man like that's that's the that's yeah. been my direct experience and yeah and totally. the 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 hardest breakups that i've had have been with threes and i realized it's because i was so um affected on a heart level um, more so than any other type that I've been with. So, like, one way we can do it is we can shit on twos and fours. Yeah, and say that. So, <laughs> and we can say two and four is like, like, sort of a really specific agenda around the heart. Mm, yeah, <laughs> right. And a mm -hmm, specific coloration, mm -hmm. and a, and it's well, just like we we talked about in object relations, you know, 
um, the hexad types are more sort of specialized into whatever their thing is, right? Whereas three, six, and nine, there's a considerable amount of play, so to speak. There's a, yeah. a lot of room for, you know, um, well, for one thing, there's room to channel, right? And so yeah. that's, and that's a piece of what we're speaking to with three. I'm uh I'm I'm loving this call. I'm feeling like so <laughs> rejuvenated and so in my heart. Like honestly, this is just great. I'm just sitting. And you here could stay up like forever and not sleep. <laughs> well, honestly, I'm not that tired anymore. So yeah, see. I'm sure I will go to sleep when I lie down, but <laughs> in John, five minutes. Yeah, exactly. I, you know what what struck me just now because I've been thinking the whole time like what are some like uh collective large scale experiences that people have that are in the heart space and then i thought of the kind of experiences people have at concerts you know like your favorite yeah. band yeah and a song that really hits you in the heart and people are crying yeah. and they're, you're having a collective experience of a collective emotional heart experience through a song yes mm-hmm. yeah i think and I think uh, more like a more recent, since we're COVID, you know, right now, a more recent example is like the marches. Mm-hmm. If you go to these yeah. marches, that is the They're same experience. Heartful. It's just, yeah. it's amazing. Also, like, I mean, I think what happens for a lot of people is they go to a church and they might experience it yep. once. Yep. But then they keep going back to church as a habit, thinking they're going to get that experience again. Like, you know, like they just get attached to the shell of it rather than the living experience of it. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think that that's a good point because that's totally how I was sucked into church is like they gave me that heart experience like every now and again. And I was relating that to, oh, that's God touching my heart. And it's like, no, that's just your fucking person. (laughs) Like, that's just your fucking heart. You've ever seen those? uh, um, Because, you you know, because I grew up in church and and so you recognize looking back at it, sort of the the mechanics of Mm -hmm. the parts that are integral to getting people into those states. And if you've seen like um, those huge, um evangelical whatever uh assembly of events. god yeah oh, where they yeah, have yeah. a fuck ton of people in, in, a, in a stadium or something yep and you notice how like they have to do the music part yep the part where mm-hmm. people are singing and because that's the part where your heart opens mm-hmm. that's the part that um and so i'm recognizing now that music is an integral part of connecting to the emotional center or yeah. getting people to art. Like, yeah. 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 And I think I've seen, because you, you all know I'm into Michael teachings and stuff, and they talk about like how to uh, connect to the center that is, that we're disconnected from or whatever, and mm-hmm. different types of meditation for the different centers. And they talk about how listening to music and sort of musical based meditations as a way to get in touch with the heart center. So now just putting those two things together, how um, big cults <laughs> use music yeah. as a tool to get people to open up their hearts. Absolutely. Yeah. I, when I uh, am having a hard time meditating, I will use music. I try not to lean on it too much though, because they can kind yeah. of offer like a false yeah, I mean, meditation is not to get you into a state. It's to be in a, in, in a place of allowing. So, like, you're with many states. But sometimes, you know, sometimes you need music to unlock the heart center so that you can be in that place of receiving. But it's not like meditation gets you into a state and then you come back to normal state or something. Right. That's, like, the mistake people make. Yeah. Um, fuck yeah, this is a good call. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. good. So cool. <laughs> uh, when we do head center, we should get Courtney on. Uh, yeah, yes. yeah, let's do that. Yeah. I let's love listening to Courtney talk. I could listen to it yeah. all day. All right, guys. All right, we'll talk later. Yep. Okay, bye. Later. Right, bye. 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 You're suffering for God.